0: From the mountains to the coast, create memories, meet new people, and find your favorite wine, mead, or cider in NC. Download the NC Wine app or visit ncwine.org to plan your trip to North Carolina wine country
1: today.
2: Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. We're the NC Wine Guys. Welcome to Cork
3: Talk. In this episode, we sit down with Lisa, Tim, Claudia, and Josh from Hidden Vineyard in
2: Dobson, North Carolina. Hidden Vineyard has a great story to tell. After searching for a perfect vineyard site, the Hidden Vineyard team found an established vineyard for sale. They immediately fell in love, purchased the vineyard, and got to work.
3: Wine Class with the Wine Mounts is back. This time, Jesse and Jessica talk
2: to us about Merlot. This episode is made possible in part by a grant from the North Carolina Wine and Grape Council. You can learn more about the council by going to their website, ncwine.org. So sit back, pour a glass, and listen. All right, so we're here on a lovely evening at Hidden Vineyard uh, to welcome everyone to Cork Talk. So thanks for having us here. And Why don't we go around the table and introduce yourself and tell everyone who's here. So maybe we'll start with you, Claudia.
0: Okay, I'm Claudia. Um, The accent is not German, it's from Mexico. Um, Moved here to the States about 12 years ago. Um, Met Josh then, got married, and been bouncing around different spots to finally land here in North Carolina about two weeks or three weeks ago for good. Oh, good. Happy good to chance. have you guys here finally, and excited to be in Cork Talk to tell a little bit more about the story of Meter.
4: Okay. And I am Josh. I am Claudia's husband, Lisa's son, Tim's stepson, and Claudia just said we met 12 years ago, bounced around, um, bought the vineyard, you know, with the family what, four years ago, mm-hmm. and. No, we just moved down here a couple weeks ago to try to get more hands-on and help the team.
5: Excellent. I'm Lisa and I am the oldest of the group <laughs> 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 and uh, I am very happy that we are at this point like Josh said we have made it to over the four-year mark and we did open during a pandemic and it's going very well.
6: Mm-hmm. I'm Tim. And uh, good to be here and welcome to Hidden Vineyard. Uh, again, to be a part of this quality team I'm proud of and uh, looking forward to bigger and better things from Hidden Vineyard.
2: Excellent. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. How did how did you get, so all of you are from Ohio, I believe, except for Claudia, I guess, but she's been in Ohio. Um, so how did you get to North Carolina and what made you decide that you wanted to have a vineyard here? Go ahead. Someone's got to answer. At <laughs> it looks like
5: the spotlight's on you. Okay, um, I want Claudia to explain what made us really decide to buy a vineyard because we were drinking wine, right, Claudia? Well, we
0: were pretty drunk, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
5: and they're like, "Let's buy a vineyard." Well, I will say, Tim and I would stop in this area because we are from northern northeastern Ohio. And we would stop here in the Yakin Valley wine area. And we would, at that time, seriously, that was 18 four. years ago mm-hmm. when we really started loving this place. And there was one place we would always stop, which was Ragapalassi. And that, anyway, because of, and we always said this is a beautiful, beautiful area. We love this area. Someday this would be great to retire to. So that's.
6: Yeah. yeah, when we retired, we decided to, you know, work with Josh and Claudia, and we pulled the trigger and decided to do it, and we were, you know, we still feel young, even though we might not be young, but we didn't want to sell a recliner, we were not going to a recliner every evening, you know, we wanted something to do, so, uh, in our retirement, and we're, we enjoy the, the industry, the wines, the culture, and, and this was a good fit for us.
5: And uh, we sold everything that we could in Ohio and basically put our two dogs and ourselves and what we could fit into a travel trailer. And we moved here and I thought we were going to live in the travel trailer for maybe six months while we cleaned up the tobacco cabin and whatnot. Well, it was two years that we lived in the travel trailer in the barn, which is now our beautiful tasting room because once we got the tobacco cabin in ship, you know, shape, top shape, because it was taken over by mockingbirds. Uh, someone had used it as target practice, so most of those windows aren't original windows. There was, you know, bushes and greenery and poison ivy growing on it. And Tim and Josh and Claudia, I mean, you guys power wash it. I was scared to death. Josh was on the very top oh, of yeah. the roof power washing the Mm -hmm. roof and the I'm like oh no there goes my my firstborn he's gonna fall off the roof and die but anyway we cleaned it all up and when we got to the point that somebody could go in there and stay Claudia is like have you heard of Airbnb (laughs) (laughs) and we're like cha-ching so we stayed in our travel trailer in the barn and I was very transparent we were so transparent We told whoever wanted to rent the tobacco cabin, we are 50 feet away, living in a travel trailer with our two dogs. Do you think it stopped anybody? (laughs) They enjoyed it. So that's...
2: That's why we
6: we stayed there until we built our house on the other side of the vineyard.
2: Yes, we did. So let's back up a minute, though. So this was an established vineyard, though. Oh, thank you. Yes. When you purchased the property. So maybe talk about that and talk a little bit more about the the tobacco uh, cabin as well. Okay.
6: Um, we, We have eight different varietals here uh, on a little over nine acres. We have uh, two acres of Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, one acre of Pinot Gris, one acre of Chardonnay, two acres of Cabernet Franc, one acre of Merlot, uh, about eight-tenths of an acre of Petite Manzing, uh, three-quarters of an acre of uh, Petit Verdot, and about three-tenths of an acre of Chamberson.
3: It's almost like you live right on property. You know exactly how much you have. Yeah,
6: 9.14 acres,
5: <laughs>
3: according to the GPS. Oh, yeah. very cool. It was
5: established the year Josh graduated from high school. Can I tell him your age? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my age, I guess, when you're uh, It was established in uh, 2001, the oldest vines. And then seven acres are what I call the oldest vines. And then 2002 was another part of that seven acres and then in 2014 was three additional acres so we have 20 year old vines 19 year old vine five-year-old vines and then i also say four-year-old vine three-year-old vines Mm -hmm. one-year-old vines and babies
6: yeah because we're you know from winter damage and everything we're always replanting every year yeah filling up gaps and assessing
2: so what was the shape of the vineyard when you first purchased the property
6: um it, it had issues. Um, um, it's um, it, it just, you know, I, we really appreciate, you know, who's tended to the vineyard beforehand, but uh, you treat it differently as an owner, you know. Sure. We just had things that we wanted to be sure that the soil, you know, needed to be, uh, you know, tended to, you know, with fertilization and lime and, and proper pruning techniques, you know. So we kind of did some adjustments, major adjustments to pruning techniques to adjust the canopies and, you know, trunk issues, you know, were remedied as well.
5: And there were 80 trees taller than me throughout the vineyard. There were broken wires. So the person who was tending to it before, it, it was an excellent farmer, grower, grower mm-hmm. and he was uh, tending to the, this vines for the harvest. He wasn't the owner, but he was tending to it for the money from the harvest. Sure. So, And the owner was lived out of state in a different state. And thank goodness he didn't love it as much as we did.
3: <laughs> so when you decided to, you know, when you were drinking the wine and decided to <laughs> purchase the, or, you know, what you wanted to get into the industry, did you think you wanted to purchase a fully established vineyard or did you want to start one for yourself? What was the thought process there? You yeah. about the business plan. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think we took a a look at it at the beginning and just said, you know, here's how much we had to invest. What are we looking for? Um, We definitely wanted to get into the winery business um, or the wine business in general. But I think um, at the time we were living in Southern California and I, I wanted some, you know, some land and some property. So when we were looking at kind of what would fit for all of us, we looked at it and said, you know, from a business aspect of it, we can afford more land if we start with a vineyard. And build really sweat equity into building our own tasting room and, and starting from there.
3: Cool. And yeah. you just happened to luck out nicely to, to get a vineyard that was already established. So exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: It was not even on sale when we found it. We saw what two three places mm-hmm. uh, with a realtor, and then at that time we were like not sure about those places. And then she said, "Oh, I know what? place that may that the the owner may want to sell. So okay, let's go to it and." You cannot tell there's a vineyard from the road, right, when we just drove down. And it was January 12th 14th. or 14th, something We like
5: came, We came and stayed at Rockford Inn. I'll never forget. Friday the 13th, you hmm. two flew a red-eye in from California, hmm. and we went to... We three or four. Yeah, no, we probably like four. four. We right? went to like yeah. four. She took us to four different places that are still around but they're they they were not for us we just didn't have you just knew it mm-hmm. and,
6: and we so went, went back we all of us all four yeah. of us went back to the main quarters and pulled it up on a laptop and looked at all of them you know the pictures and everything and then she said i'm going to send you copeland and she sent us copeland and then
5: the next we, morning
6: the next morning we came here and it's like you know you come up over january the, the hill and it just opens up and you know, even in January, is beautiful January, to us.
0: Good. That know? was my point. It was like super cold.
6: Sure.
3: Um, we knew in, the potential.
0: No um, leaves like at all. It was, but it
3: was twigs sticking out of the
2: ground. So you yeah. mentioned you mentioned that you can't see the vineyard from the road. Is that why you named it Hidden Vineyard? Then mm-hmm.
0: the name was, I don't know how many days we spent. Probably three <laughs> or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh and I visiting, and then we went canoeing to the Dadkin River. And we wanted a name like Copeland, it was like somebody else's, you know, like right. we wanted sure. to make it like our own and we were brainstorming and brainstorming. And I remember that canoeing day because by no means any, I enjoy like extreme. extreme things and stuff. <laughs> so it was like me shaking like, please just, let's just come up with a name now. <laughs> and I think Tim was the one in that canoe, right? We were canoeing said, and he said,
6: what said about?
5: yeah, well, yeah. and I
6: said, Nobody's getting out of the canoe until we come up with a man. Yeah, <laughs> you I that? I yes, uh, no, <laughs> We're not leaving until we figure
4: this thing well, out. Well, Josh oh, and
5: Tim were like in the canoe, and Claudia and I were like in the front. They were the steers, and they're like, we're not getting out of this river until we all agree. <laughs> all agree. And you two were, and we're like,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, it's, it's a good way to make a decision. Thing. What about you? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, Nobody, <laughs> I Nobody knows or something.
3: yet. Yes. Under duress. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: And <laughs> get so, out of the Yeah,
5: so. and, and and one more thing is Tim did talk to many people uh, that had went to Copeland Elementary School, had children that went to Copeland Elementary School, then their grandchildren have been there. And like you said, we're right across the school and they never knew yeah, this place was here. Yeah. So
6: that we've lived here lived here my whole life. I dropped my kids off here. I've dropped my grandkids off. Never knew this existed. So just hidden was very appropriate. Oh yeah, it's very fitting. Yeah.
2: So maybe describe a little bit more about exactly where Hidden Vineyard is. It's not quite as hidden now as it probably was no.
6: a year ago. People find us now. We're working really
0: hard to be found <laughs> yeah. and to make a lot of noise. Yeah. And uh, I think, and I may go ahead of the interview, but I think um, all of us are thankful and blessed um, for where we are today. I think that we didn't believe we were going to be today here, although we have these gentlemen that keep us on track (laughs) with the business plan and, you know, and some, we even have a joke about this. Every time he's right, he says, see, I told you. Every <laughs> single time.
2: You're to have to get Josh a t-shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. So when the, you know, <laughs> says, you.
0: we're going to be here in year one, year two, year three. Some of our business reviews like, see, I told you. <laughs> we were going to be there. So anyway, we're on track. I think um, for being almost one year open, um, many blessings, many people talking about us. Of course, everything starts in the vineyard. Um, we have beautiful place, good wine, um, and an excellent team that complements each other with each of our hats. So I think we're in a really good position. We feel in a very good position and, and ahead of where we thought we were going to be.
2: Yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, we've talked to a number of wineries who are teams, like four people and stuff, and and. Be, being able to play upon every, the other strength and then actually working together and just agreeing to, to, to the vision and the path is, is what made those places successful. And so that's obviously important. Sounds like it's very important to, to you guys. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. So you're you're located near other wineries mm-hmm. and vineyards. In Surrey so County. You're, you're, in, you're
5: in, yeah, go for it, Lisa. us oh, exactly wait. where you are. We are uh, in Surrey County and we like to call ourselves the little bit Upper Yakin Trail uh, because I'm going to just say their names. Stony Knoll was one of the very first wineries. Actually, that's the place that we went to and talked and said we want to move to this area. And part of it was how uh, friendly and nice. The owners were there. Vanco, he was just so welcoming and said, yeah, man, I want another one or two, you know, tasty rooms right miles from me. He says, because you build it, they'll come. You build more more is going to come. And we're like, yeah, we like this dude. We're going to, we're going to like really pursue trying to purchase this vineyard. And now We were the 19th, am I right, Claudia? You know better. In the county.
0: In the county. Uh, The 19th in the county,
5: The 19th in the county. And I think that that's a big plus that we have so much support. There's so many times that, you know, Tim has bought lime, but he's he's shared getting a, a, a truckload of lime with another vineyard because the price is better. You've had to, we've had to call up another vineyard because we were harvesting and we needed one more bin. And he's like, get the truck. I just called Jonah, go over there. I go over, they throw the bin in my back of my truck, and I'm back here before the workers is done with the last bin that we had. So there's so much support in the Surrey County. And we Mm -hmm. are, our address is Dobson. So we're happy to be in this spot. Very cool.
2: Mm -hmm. Certainly the Surrey County wineries are well known to work well together and and folks that other folks we've talked to have said something very similar to what you've said Mm -hmm. so that it's very important you're not in competition it's it's trying to grow the whole industry together Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's really cool if I could add
6: a couple other things about working together you know it's nice we have that relationship with a lot of different tasting rooms and vineyard folks and and whatnot but I want to put a couple plugs in too for like our uh, uh, extension office Mm -hmm. you know that we have here um, with uh, Joanna Radford you know that there are different vine dresser workshops, you know, that just keep us on our toes, you know, with our knowledge of what's going on in the vineyard and, and whatnot, and Surik Community College, you know, Sarah, uh, that's there, Sarah Bowman, you know, professor there, you know, she's been here, and, and uh, David as well, uh, David Bauer and Sarah Bowman, I forgot to mention her last name, but uh, wonderful people, big help. Uh, in fact, we even had, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mike Hodges uh, from North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Science, you know, come and, and just chat, you know, introduce himself, and so even at the state level, you know, we're we're very grateful for that whole support that we get, you know, locally in countywide, statewide as well.
5: Mm-hmm. He came to tell us that the uh, lanternfly had been spotted in North Carolina. Yeah. Oh no. A, like no. Uh, outer banks. Oh okay. Yeah, outer oh, banks. Outer only, banks. And like the, oh, on a tree in a larva stage, Ooh.
6: but yeah,
5: And a larva. And stage. an arboretum.
6: I know. So I mm. think it's contained. But, uh, let's hope. Oh, gosh.
5: <clears throat> that would be... Yeah,
6: it's yeah, a little but he's, startling. He's really looking at the eastern uh, uh, oaks, you know, that are falling throughout the state, yeah. too, and we had one out there. So it was just a nice coincidence that we had one fall and we showed him, and,
5: mm-hmm.
6: you know, we are cutting it up. and so. But mm. anyway, that's different than bigger stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all related, though.
6: It's all yeah. related.
2: So let's talk a little bit more about... Um, Opening a tasting room in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, uh, can you talk to us about how that came about and like what what were the challenges? Obviously, there were challenges. Yeah, it was it's hard. Twenty twenty, and <laughs> yep. it's twenty twenty one. There's tons of challenges. We're all dealing with the pandemic.
4: Well, I mean, how it came about was, I mean, it was a business plan. We said, you know, we bought it in twenty seventeen, and <laughs> we said this is Forget when we're going the to the open beach. the vineyard mm-hmm. it, or when we're going to open the, the tasting room, and we had. You know, we had wine and barrels and aging, and it was time. We had the investment in it, and it was let it sit for another year and wait till the pandemic opens and or open up and just try to start recouping costs. To be honest with you, so um, I think the real challenge was with you know revamping this, getting contractors in, and trying to get all of this sorted out. Um, You know, especially I think we started on like the. the wine cellar back right at the very beginning. I think it was February or March of oh. last year. And, you know, we weren't able to kind of keep up with the progress and everything else. Cause we, we were in Ohio at the time, completely locked down. So, you know, once things started opening back up, you know, it was a little bit of a silver lining because we were able to come down here and spend weeks at a time kind of working and, and helping out with just working remote because we were still, you know, kind of a hybrid work schedule at the time. So that part of it worked out, but of course, you know, the, whole kind of the whole time we were wondering what's going to happen when we open up, what's traffic going to be, you know, that we were keeping up with the rest of the Surrey County wineries. And Mm -hmm. um, we just rolled the dice and said, let's open up and see what happens.
2: So talk about that opening experience and how business has been since. Uh,
0: Well, as they were going to say, what they were saying, there were four of us opening in Surrey wineries last year. Um, Us were... third one to open, and then um, Golden was the last one. So we kind of had feedback from the ones opening, the couple ones before opening before us, but it was really like, okay, let's just open and see what shows up. Uh, people was scared of, of going out, uh, of course a mask, uh, the social distancing, um, it didn't matter how many people we could meet <clears throat> in the bar, you can just have like so many at a time, so it was, you know, trying to adjust to the, the, the restrictions and, of course, the guidelines and all that. Uh, but since day one that we've opened, um, traffic has increased every single month. And it didn't matter if it was COVID. It didn't matter if it was cold. I think our first wine club pickup party, we had it in February 14, hmm. And it was ice cold. Ice storm. And people show up. And, you know, it was like they, they wouldn't stop. So, and then as our restrictions got eased and people wanted, wanted to go outside and, you know, just enjoy the nature and all that. So that has helped.
4: Um, I think one of the things too, though, is we opened at the end of last year, right? So mm-hmm. it was kind of where, where people were starting to get COVID fatigue and, yes. and ready to just mm-hmm. get out, right? So, so it wasn't like,
5: like Thanksgiving, May or
4: June time frame. We opened up in November and you know, people were it was starting to cool down but it wasn't too cold so people could be outside and and, and I think that really helped us because people just wanted to kind of get out and mm-hmm. start shedding all of that lockdown
2: right I think that's helped the wine industry in general because yeah. there's wineries typically have a good amount of outdoor space oh. and, and people feel safe for mm-hmm. coming then then they might make, say uh, other places like restaurants and that right sort of thing. Mm-hmm. and Is if that you true? have
5: good wine they return exactly oh, yeah. and then it's, exactly. yeah. yeah. So
2: you talked about the wine. So let's let's dive into that then. Okay. So let's talk. Let's kind of go through the lineup and talk through, the, talk through the wines. And I know some of the the wines have names, mm-hmm. principal names. So maybe talk through some how that came about as well. So Who wants to?
5: I will just say one thing is that we were going to only open with four wines, and as you know, we're not even a year old. We're up to six. But I'll let Claudia. Tell you the names of the wines
0: well each of us will present its okay. favorite wine all right About that, that sounds good uh, but before that we'll make a little uh comment so we 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 grow the grapes so our wines are state grown mm-hmm. but um we get help with custom crush um companies like jackson valley wine company makes our white wines and uh, blush that we have and winsome ron cellar those the uh, red wines recent business decision of course we made the investment analysis and all that but also we wanted to partner with top of the notch wine producers sure. in the area so um again focusing on growing the grapes and monitoring the whole process of the wine making because they're really good about involving us into the, the process so um i'm gonna let them speak about their wines i'm gonna speak about mine okay um my favorite baby is chamberson it's a 2018 um, harvest. And um, the first time we came to visit the area and look for uh, the vineyards, I was already a lover of red wine. Um, but I discovered that varietal here, and I've, I've never tried it before. And every single tasting room we went uh, to visit, I tried the Chamberson. And I just fell in love with it. I think people say either you love it or hate it. Okay, I fell in love with it. <laughs> and when we got this place, and I saw we had little, a few few rows of it, I was like, yes, this is it, because now I'm gonna have my chambres in the way I wanted. Um, so I kind of own it. it again, for me, it's a, it's a beautiful grape, huge clusters, beautiful color, um, and I kind of decided to make it my own and work with the, winer to the, the winemaker to do it. And at the end, um, when we started, okay, let's talk about the names. So it was a lot of brainstorming and. Um, were you out in there. the canoe again? No, <laughs> yeah. no. I had to ask. We were drinking wine and, and yeah. I was inspired. Okay. Seeing <laughs> and so yeah. sensing a theme here. Yes. <laughs> so everyone was like, well, you should name me Claudia. I'm like, I, that sounds so arrogant that I have my own wife. Wow. Like, I thought it was elegant
5: Claudia Chamberson. Yeah. yeah, like that's yeah. so. No, guys I'm gonna
0: look like so arrogant anyway so my nickname uh, or the short of Claudia in, in Spanish is Chaos so I said wow well, let's just call it that way and that way I don't feel like that,
7: <laughs> I feel like
0: that. <laughs> um and again it uh, for me is it's, it's a beautiful wine it has been very well received in the tasting room uh, I can tell you people that come and say already no, I don't like Chambers and they come predispose. I talk them into, hey, just try it, give it a try. Give it a try. And they ended up liking it. So I'm, I'm happy <laughs> for that. And uh, again, this is a 2018 and we're gonna have another Klaus uh, with the next harvest too. So happy to uh, keep the, mm-hmm. the variety. So wait,
5: we'll and it's go. one award.
0: Yes, so we have a bronze and we have a silver. Uh, from last year, uh, medals, and we're down to. Well, we're just counting. It's selling mm. well from, from our <laughs> red also I can tell. Aside of the sweet, that we'll talk, um, is is one of the ones moving. Really
2: so, so, do cool. you have a favorite food pairing with?
0: Yes, um, with my Chamberson Yes, love blue cheese. Okay. Mm. Um, you can see that. Yeah, it's just, mm. and there's. There's also a Merlot cheese that um, I, I pair it with, completely different, but, um, and then I think that would be my favorite picks, but I can drink a bottle without food anytime time that, <laughs> with that wine.
2: It's a good so. porch sipping wine. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Any
0: wine. time of the year, <laughs> yes.
2: <Yeah. laughs> it, it, Jamerson always pairs nicely with food because of the acid and, mm-hmm. um, it is a it is a very good grape to have in your vineyard, particularly mm-hmm. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Very reliable. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to get a, a decent crop Disease pretty much any resistant. kind of year.
4: Oh. So oh, yeah.
5: we have four rows of sixty vines.
4: You yeah, said so three tenths of an acre.
5: Three tenths of an acre, and consistently we hit right at about two tons oh, wow. on that.
6: Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're big berries, big clusters. Yeah, Maybe <laughs> half a pound, literally. Claudia yeah. says no. They are. They are. It's more.
2: if you had more, you can make you yeah. can make a Klaus
5: <laughs> Rosé. You can make a Klaus Port. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, we so. might have to.
4: Well, that was one of the six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tam, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. <Tem?
5: laughs>
6: oh, go ahead with your Chardonnay, ladies first.
5: Oh, ladies first. All right. Uh, I've always been a Chardonnay lover barrel fermented, and um, my palate could really tell if they were brand new vines or young vines or young grapes, and I would always go to where it was, I would find out that that was an older vineyard, an older, you know, vintage too. I just really liked, and I liked, uh, I thought I really loved French oak over American oak well in 2019 which was a fabulous growing year for everyone in our Yakin Valley area and that year we were only going to keep our two two whites and so we sold everything else which that the people who got all of our grapes that year I can't wait to taste <laughs> when those red ones come out but that year uh, we on one acre we got Way over two ton, and then usually two ton is about five barrels. So we had a couple one-year French oak barrels, a couple three-year or three French one-year French new new. I'm getting messed up. Well, we needed another barrel, and the only barrel that we could find, like we needed it yesterday, was a Hungarian oak. And I think it was a blessing in disguise because my wine has our wine has uh, more I think citrus and just it pulls out some of what I think the French oak has it made it a little bit more mild and the reason I know that is because I tasted from every single barrel and when I went to the Hungarian barrel I was like wow I was like Blend this baby all together. It's going to be delicious. But it was, and I still love it. It's still my favorite wine. And I named it Lunchbox uh, in honor of my beloved dog. He came from the dog pound named Lunchbox. He ate everything in your Lunchbox. And I believe that our Chardonnay goes with everything in the Lunchbox. It's
6: named in his honor.
5: Named in his honor. (laughs) Wonderful story.
6: All right, the, uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon that we have is kind of what I oversaw, and um, it is a Bordeaux blend of uh, Cab Sauv. There's uh, uh, like 16% Petit Verdot. Again, both of those are uh, what we grow here, so it's still a state wine. Uh, but uh, you know, the Cab Sauv we tasted, um, you know, out of the barrel, you know, after it was all blended together, it just need a little more structure, a little more backbone to me, and and I think winemakers do regularly use Petit Verdot in that capacity. And and uh, when Kevin did that at Windsor Run, it made a huge difference. So, you know, we're very pleased with that. Again, you know, it's barrel aged in French oak and uh, and they're, they're one year old barrels at that time. And so it, it, it gets all those nice notes that you get in a, in a good red wine. And it is a popular red, you know, that we are selling, you know, fall, you know, springtime now as well, that people are enjoying it. So, uh, and we call it 131, uh, because, uh, our cab solve the last row there is 130, numbered 130. And Josh and Claudia were renumbering the rows one day. And, uh, they said, Hey, said, so they came to me with a, uh, you know, like a tree cookie, you know, that they were making them out of and painting them and, and said, we, uh, you know, among the petite Verdot, uh, we're going to have to eliminate uh, either 32 or 131 right, and, you know, to keep it odd and even. So let's eliminate 131. So we, went, we go from 31 out here to 132. So there's not a 131 row. Given the hidden incognito theme, here we are. You know, we call it 131 because it is a blend of where 130 ends in our cap solve and where 31 you know, might be or where 131 should be among the petite verdeau. So with that blend, we call it 131. Mm-hmm.
5: Very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we do have 158 rows of yeah. wines, but no 131.
4: <clears throat> yeah. What about Pilot Path?
6: Oh, Pilot Path is our Petit Manzing. Um, it's a wonderful grape to grow, too. I love it. You love the grape, love the wine. Uh, but I think that's all of us, you know, really. We uh, all agreed. Yeah, we all agreed on this, And uh, but we're... We're, we're really happy, uh, you know, with this uh, stainless white, you know, that if, if people are not familiar with the petite man thing, you know, I, I kind of explained, do you like Sauvignon Blanc? You know, do you like beignet? You know, it's kind of in that realm, but you know, it's a, it's a wonderful wine and that's won awards Our 131s won awards. Your Chardonnay has won awards already and we we're hanging on the bottles in there and, uh, but it's just got nice minerality to a nice palette feel. Uh, some honeysuckle notes uh, you know some citrus on the nose uh, we, we call it pilot path because in front of our tobacco cabin uh, you walk out um, an educational room which we have where all the vines are displayed with 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 they're named and uh, you know whatnot but if you walk out there and to the middle of our vineyard and, and if you look to the east you can see pilot path or i'm sorry pilot mountain uh so we call it pilot path you know uh because the Hot, that path is among our petite Mansing Bites
2: it's a really cool walk in the
6: vineyard <laughs> thank I really you I
4: enjoyed that what well, do we have left uh, Frank the Tank so Frank the Tank was the last one so I think you mentioned that we were going to start with four and we're up to six so the fifth uh, wine that we, we decided to go with was a Cab Franc um, what we really said was we wanted something you know, most of the wines that we just went through are you know, more on the dry side and we said we're, we're you know, in the south and we need a sweet wine. Yep. Um, it was 2018 so we had Hurricane Florence come through and I think part of what Tim was mentioning with the caps off um, and then even with uh, the Cap Franc you know it was just a wet fall and, and you know we were harvesting a bit earlier than what we would want to do and you know we were <clears> going <throat> back and forth on do we want to do something that's you know a sweet wine that year or a year later and basically we had I don't know, four and a half tons of Cab Franc. And, you know, it was a little less than ideal, um, you know, chemistry to, to the grapes. And we said, well, you know, why don't we do something and see what we can do to make it uh, more of a sweet wine. So they did uh, essentially a, a, the Cab Franc base with, um, you know, we, we did different types of trials. And we are testing raspberry, blueberry, all, all different things. And then really what uh, Kevin and the team at Windsor Run came up with you know, was this blueberry mix with it that um, gives you – it's a sweet wine but it's you know it's a different taste than some of the other sweet wines that you you kind of get it's almost a little bit of bitter on one end and it just you know kind of stood out to us so so ultimately i said let's let's go with this and let's see what happens uh once we put it on the market and you know considering it was such a blend and such a mix and it was so different we started looking at just a little bit different names what we could come up with and uh Came up with a couple other kind of plays on on Cab Franc and you know a couple of things that were probably uh, not going to get past the uh, the <laughs> approval gonna, process. You need
5: to say so well, to No, say
4: I'm it. not going to go into it on here, but <laughs>
5: yeah. but we yeah he had some doozy <laughs> we, we went
4: through a couple of them and we we're like yeah they'd be great and then we'd sit there for a minute and be like yeah we're not going to get through uh, those on the labels. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so you know again we were drinking wine and it was probably you know. Two or three, four glasses in and, and ultimately what just threw out we were talking about movies or something and um, the movie old school came up and you know, we back when it first came out we were watching it all the time and we said, Well what about Frank the Tank? You know, it's a play on Cab Frank and yeah. or Cab Franc and um it just kinda stuck. We woke up the next morning said, That's what we wanna stick with.
5: Cool. Once that alcohol touched <laughs> it his
4: <won't>,
6: lips. It <laughs> once it hits your lips it's just so good. It it's, you
5: just <laughs> yes.
6: You gotta be 10, careful 10. with it because it's still yes. twelve and a half percent.
5: Yes, and I will add, it's uh, even though it has the sweetness and the blueberry and the tang, that it's barrel aged, and I, I think drink. that's what gives it that rich flavor it's that sweet. even you know well experienced wine drinkers mm. will come in and say, I just love this, and I think that it's because it's got those layers and that that barrel. Helped it. I, I really I don't see believe too many that.
6: sweets that are barrel aged No,
5: not really. No, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, yeah. We were putting in barrels and then.
6: We were going to make a varietal, but. It was just fun. wasn't. No. Yeah. You know, we had
5: already bought the barrels and then put it mm-hmm. in there and let's just do
6: this.
3: Well, it makes you a little bit more unique.
6: Yep. It, it, yeah. it does. But yeah. well, well, we, we have, have one more. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we have our, um, I hated to see our 2019 Merlot go when we sold it. And I couldn't sell our 2020 Merlot. I think <laughs> Merlot is way underrated. I want to try to bring Merlot back, you know. Uh, and uh, we had a good uh, harvest. I mean, we, we did three-ton off one acre. And uh, and I asked Benny Myers at Yacka Valley Wine, what, what can we do with this? And talk talking with Murphy Moore, the winemaker there, and we're grateful for her and, and Kevin at Windsor Run. Uh, Murphy said, well, come here. Let's go taste some, some rosé I'm making, you know. Looking at the color, tasting it and whatnot, and I said, I think we need to go more on the sweet side with it. So she said, How about a blush? And I said, Okay. I said, Keep talking. You know. So she was telling me, you know exactly how she was going to dial it in. I thought, Okay, I'll bring it on over. And uh, it's a 2020 uh, Merlot blush uh, that she's she's tailored the yeast to have it stop at 10 percent uh, alcohol, and uh, and the remaining sugar in it. Uh, is all from the grape, you know, and it has a 1.3% residual sugar on it. No post or back sweetening whatsoever. And, uh, you know, we, we we tasted the control uh, of it, of all us. four of us. And they were all happy, and so was I. And I said, wow, that's good. Very little intervention in it, you know, just filtering after that, you know. And I thought, oh, I can't put my head down at night not knowing if we can make a good wine better. You know, so I, you know, you didn't agree with me, but I want to go over and do the sugar trials sure. with it. I so I did the sugar trials, mind. came back to the control, you know, and uh, really with that 1.3%, you know, it's an off dry, you know, real technically uh, with it. But, um, you know, so we we're all happy with that control. So like I said, very little intervention with it. I mean, it's it's pressed, you know, tank age. I mean, they, you know, filtered, bottled, boom. You know, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's got nice uh, strawberry on the nose, and a little cherry blossom. Uh, it's wonderful palate feel to it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just finishes real well. Mm-hmm. And We call it Chill. You know, we yeah. all decide what to do it, and Josh gets the credit for that name. Mm-hmm. Because when you drink it, you just want to chill. And, and I, uh, yeah, it's appropriately I'm, named.
5: And I do want to, add the, color, want to add the color. The color is mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. It's uh such a pretty color. It was only on the Merlot skins for six hours. six hours. Oh wow! Six hours, and I think that chill is so perfect for it because it's ten percent alcohol. You can drink it all day at the pool, all day at the beach, all day on your porch, and it's just going to chill you out. It's not <laughs> that super hot. <laughs> is
6: that our top seller? By 000 far, 000. number it's one. Our seller. Seller, it's our top seller, seller. and it's oh. even it's even by and we just released that. Uh, May. 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 May, May, wow, and that's bypassed overall. Wow. Even our flights,
0: oh,
6: nice, it's even that our good.
5: Even
0: Frank the
6: Tank, which well, and the best part about it, though, and, <laughs> so yeah. we're very happy with. Yeah. There's yeah.
0: another nice part about that wine. Um, mm-hmm.
5: Oh yes, like
0: pink wine, and
5: this is good.
0: Being here, you meet a lot of great people that mm-hmm. come to your tasting. Sure. Wine. Um, So one of them is is now a close friend, uh, one club member, um, talked to us about what uh, she was doing aside of her full-time job. And she happens to have a uh, nonprofit organization that supports uh, women's cancer research and, um, you know, expenses whenever they can help a patient going through these awful things. So we said, oh, that's awesome, you know. um, we wanna, we wanna help somehow, you know. I, I, as I told you before, we feel very blessed with what we have received so far. So it's our way to get a little bit of what we have back to the community. Mm-hmm. And we thought that this gorgeous wine with a gorgeous color that and awesome. being the favorite of ladies—well, it's men too, but uh, <laughs> girls, you know, love it. Real men drink rosé. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's we my said. so we decided to support with a portion of uh the sales of each bottle to fishing for a cure Um, and Mm you know we're going to be doing a lot of uh, other marketing activities with them and events and just Mm -hmm. uh, very cool yeah fishing for a cure
3: well it's actually a really good spot to take a quick little break and then when we come back we'll go ahead and talk about kind of what you learned over the past year or so being open okay okay great It's time again for Wine Class with the Wine Mouths. Jesse and Jessica. Welcome back.
2: Thanks. So we talked about Saint Joe last time. What variety are we talking
7: about today? Today we're going to France to discuss Merlot. Excellent. Yeah. So this originated, this grape originated in the Bordeaux region of France. And there are over six hundred and sixty thousand. Can I do numbers? That's, you know. not a new, that's not not math. <laughs> 660,000 right? acres planted worldwide, mostly in France. We do have some in North Carolina. So Merlot is the child of Cab Franc and another grape, um, which makes it a half-sibling to Carmenere, Malbec, and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's got some interesting lineage there. And fun fact, the name Merlot... Roughly translates to little blackbird, which, you know, it might possibly come from the fact that there's a little blackbird that lives in France that eats all the grapes. <laughs> so it could come from that, um,
1: the etiology of that.
3: Always okay. a fascinating backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does Merlot do in the vineyard?
1: So Merlot does well. It is one of probably the most common grapes grown in North Carolina or everywhere. I feel like any wine region has Merlot. It's a grape that's grown historically, often it was. Grown as a blender grape, but that being said, here in North Carolina, you kind of see it as a blender and also, you know, as a standalone variety. It's interesting because it does well in cooler climates and warmer climates, but those two give it different profiles. So the weather is very dependent on kind of what you're going to get out of of Merlot. Warmer regions are going to be more jammy and fruity, um, and that's probably what we see more in North Carolina. And then with most wine grapes. They grow better in areas that struggle, you know, with the elevation or hillsides. And that's kind of, we see that historically with Merlot in France. That's kind of what they were going for. So that may not apply as much in North Carolina, but it's one of the varieties that really, really likes to struggle. Make it work hard. Yeah. And Merlot ripens early in the season. So on the spectrum of red grapes for harvest, it's one of the earlier ones. So... That can be good in North Carolina with hurricane season. You may actually get your Merlot all the way to ripening, whereas some of the other reds you may have to pull early if a hurricane's coming through. But Merlot is a good option for North Carolina.
3: I think you're right. We do like to see our nice, even grapevine rows, whereas France and other places, they like them. Oh, well, you know, put a terrace in here and maybe we will get one row.
1: Yeah.
3: Ten feet down, we'll get
2: another row.
1: Yeah, have fun driving a tractor in not. <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly. So challenges, though, with Merlot. With it being a grape that is harvested early, red grape that's harvested early, we often have issues with
1: early frost mm-hmm. because it
2: buds out about the same time as Chardonnay.
1: Yeah. Um, so
2: that can be a something that's a detriment, but mm-hmm. certainly getting it in before you have a barrage of hurricanes
1: Yeah, North Carolina definitely has two bookends that we try to yes. <laughs> fit everything in, the frost and then the hurricane season. It's so. yeah,
2: certainly a theme as part of <laughs> our conversations that yeah. we've been having. So definitely.
1: Yeah, but it does well in the winery too. It is a grape that definitely needs some oak aging, however you want to do that, or whatever type of oak can kind of play into that. We see it used in American oak and French oak. They offer different kind of profiles as well. And then Merlot is often used in blending. So in North Carolina, a lot of, even your standalone varietals, a lot of your red wine in North Carolina probably has a little bit of Merlot in it to to soften it, to kind of round it out. Another thing, Merlot, is the wine is sensitive to light. So, you know, if you're tasting or looking at the wine in a glass, often it will tinge orange on the rim. Hmm. So be careful with your Merlot bottles. Protect them. Put them in little sweaters.
7: <laughs> as you should <laughs> with all wine. sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you should all wine, exactly, yeah.
3: Let's talk about food and wine pairings then.
7: Yeah, so with the flavors from Merlot, you're going to get a lot of fruits, um, so raspberry, black cherry, plum. Um, depending on the oak that was used, you know you're going to get different notes from that, maybe dill or cedar or more vanilla, chocolatey. Um, so you want to take that into account when you're thinking of food pairings. Personally, as a food pairing, I was going to suggest any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just a good kind of daily drinker. Um, but, you know, pizza, pasta, steak, anything kind of not not too um, on the extremes of spice or anything like that.
1: Often we talk about whites that are the porch zipping mm-hmm. wines, but I kind of see that as Merlot, too. Like, maybe not in the dead of summer, but if you want a good porch wine, Merlot would be a good option or for like that.
7: Like a wintry porch, like around it um uh, snowy cabin yes yeah, snowy cabin <laughs> yeah. fire pit
2: so i must admit merlot is not my most favorite variety but it is probably like the first variety that i could easily recognize because mm. typically you have this black cherry and sometimes black what i call black tea notes particularly you smell it and taste it and it's like okay this is but it's just it's not something that i yeah typically go to, but there are some great examples of Merlot, some folks doing some fine jobs with it here in North Carolina, and as far as blending, as you said. And
3: personally, I like it because, like you said, Jesse, it really adds a little bit of body or character to it, so a little bit of Merlot can go a long way with it. So yeah. I do like that. And food fairings, I think about the same. I mean, I'm trying to think, we usually do, um, I think there's a galette we do with mushrooms and stuff like that, and that goes well with Merlot. Um yeah. Any, any type of like hearty stew dish in the winter time would be good too. But and, and you know, just again, any day of the week.
7: Yeah. <laughs> well, just because it's pretty I mean, this isn't a very nice term, but
1: it's it's inoffensive.
7: Yeah, it's not gonna yeah. overpower right. much.
3: Well, any other Merlot thoughts?
1: Just don't watch the movie sideways yeah. and get your opinion of Merlot from that. It's good advice. <laughs> you know,
3: give it a second chance. <laughs> All right. Well Jesse Jessica, this has been a great time. Thank you very
1: much. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>
3: You can find out more information about the Wine Mouths by going to their website, WineMouths.com, or on Facebook and Instagram at WineMouths. That's W-I-N-E, M-O-U-T-H-S. And now back to the show. All right, we're back with the crew here at Hidden Vineyard. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned uh, or experienced over the past year that you've been open. Patience.
0: <laughs> Persistence.
5: Most people that come to the tasting room are happy and sometimes too happy, but that's okay. <laughs> and I, I do like the relationships that you build. Since we've been open, what I have discovered is how important it is to stay in close contact with all of the other tasting room and vineyards because... I'd rather learn from their experience, and we are learning from their experience, rather than learn it like the hard way. You know, we can, we're not in competition. You do share. You do every single tasting room, every vineyard, every place you go, each one has their unique differences. And I'm glad that we have our unique differences from everybody else, but I'm glad all the other ones are close to us. That's what I've learned. I've learned that my eyes have opened even more, even though I worked at a tasting room for three years. Just having as an owner, I appreciate the fact that we are surrounded by so many good places, wineries and tasting rooms that have great wine.
6: Yeah, in that same vein, I mean, it's nice to know that we're not on an island. You know, there's all that support and everything. But, you know, asking what we've learned in the last year from opening, but the last four years, I think, I, I knew vineyards were labor intensive, but not that labor intensive, <laughs> uh, and, and they are. Uh, but it, it's nice to, you know, have a network of other vineyard folks, uh, you know, to call. And and it's it, you've probably heard it before. It's not easy to grow grapes in North Carolina. I think I've heard from many people. If you can grow grapes in North Carolina, you can grow anything anywhere. <laughs> so it's uh, you know the task at hand. It's it's every year. It's a challenge. So but. It's Worth it, you know, once we see the finished products that we have in our tasting rooms, you know, over in North Carolina. I was, I think, surprised about, you know, especially
4: like wine club members, but just repeat customers customers that come in and how many of them have become, you know, personal friends outside of the tasting room, right? You know, I thought about it as once we start the tasting room that you're going to get, you know, traffic, they come in once and, and leave, but. You know, that there's more people than I could have imagined. That you know, they come in, they enjoy it, they hit it off, and then you become friends and you're hanging out with them, you know, many times outside of the tasting room. Then, right, that that was definitely mm-hmm. something that uh, that you know, was a pleasant surprise to me.
5: We have a very good friends so that that's exactly what happened. They actually own a uh, can I say it? Yeah, you can cut Get it out. Uh, they own uh, loaded grape in Greensboro, and they are members of one. Wine club, and it's ours. And now we've become very good friends with them. And what amazes me is they will come in and they will remember Have you guys moved? Is Josh no. and here? They like to, I mean, they remember. It's like they want to watch us grow, they want to see us succeed. And they're like spreading the word. And that's what I've learned is the love more than I thought. It's a real it's community. More, it's a real community. And, we're
6: sprung, and we're sending business their way. They're sending business our way. It's just yes. it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm.
5: Cool. A wonderful mm-hmm. thing. That That is the true sense of community.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's mm-hmm. so, so let's talk a little bit about the future then. So you've been open for a year. So, I mean, Josh, everyone looks at you for the business plan. So maybe you can answer this question. <laughs> so nice. what are the, what, obviously you're probably not going to share everything yeah, that's yeah, on the yeah. plan, but what's the the growth path uh, for the <clears> new year what do you envision um, things improving as as the years go on
4: yeah i think that you know, obviously we want the wine to continue to improve you sure. know, you know, we feel we feel good about where the wine is you know for for just opening up and, and we're going to continue to make that the the focal point of the overall business but um, you know to to continue to attract you know people to the area and to continue to work you know, we're definitely looking at options for food you know i know we have food trucks now and, and, and people are coming in and out and you know we have different events but we are looking at potentially looking you know down the road on permanent solution for you know, whether it's a kitchen or something else but we're looking through that we're definitely going to you know, one of the projects over the winter is going to be to revamp the outdoor space and mm-hmm. you know, we want to make as much as possible more of the outdoor um, right yeah yeah so, so we want to make as much as possible to expand the outdoor we've got the tasting room and we've got the um the tobacco cabin we want to kind of link the two together and really make um an area that we can have more and more events um you know and people can enjoy more of the outside so mm-hmm. um, you know, specific events, we, we've got a few things on the docket, but we're, we're kind of holding until we get them um, really dialed in and make sure that's what we really want to go towards.
3: Now, Lisa, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, uniqueness and different wineries being different. What do you think sets Hidden Vineyard apart from the other vineyards? And not just specifically you, but anyone at the table, so. But if you want to start, Lisa, that's fine.
5: All right. Uh, I do believe the beautiful Hidden Vineyard setting sets us apart but we also offer we're a harvest host host and that means that rvs can come or travel trailers can come and boondock and i have found out that we are one of the vineyards in the area that let, lets them park right in the middle of the vineyard we have uh, two flat places that on either side they have vines and so those are for Harvest hosts, And then we also have uh, an Airbnb, an original, rustic, authentic tobacco cabin. It's a studio. It's good for two adults. And we're also pet friendly. So we have had people bring their cats Aww. and dogs. Yes. It's only our cat travel.
6: <laughs> she doesn't uh-huh. like yeah. So I
5: think that does set us apart, too, that we have. And we're pet friendly throughout.
6: Even our tasting room. Even
5: our tasting room. Mm-hmm. Very cool. People appreciate that,
6: especially yeah. these
5: days. Yeah. And, and of, are, and yeah. and we have lots. We have water bowls and treats. treats yeah. Claudia stocks up on the treats, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do.
0: <laughs> our board of directors is uh, composed by three dogs and a cat. So if you go to our website, you'll see each of them. And of course, sometimes they're around here. So mm-hmm. I think pets are part of the family, so they're always yep. welcome.
5: And people remember the names of our pets, I think, better than they remember our names.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What about the um, dinners or picnics?
0: Yeah. Well, so, of course, yeah, let's um, talk about events. Let's talk about events. So, of course, aside of offering great wine and, and beautiful views, you have to offer something else for people. We're entertainers constantly. so. Um, we do standard things that other wineries do, uh, do also, like you know, mu- like music. Uh, Josh was mentioning the food trucks, but you always have to go a little bit with new stuff. So um, I, my head is always spinning about what about this, what about that. Anyway, so um, we offer our our property tasting room, uh, cabin, or the vineyard is up for uh, rental for private events. Um, we are also launching a series that, uh, it's called Picnic in the Vines. So these are luxury picnics that you can book uh, for a couple, for friends, for family gatherings, and just enjoy outdoors. I believe we're the only ones in Surrey County launching that. Um, there's in other counties, but probably we'll will do it. And um, we partner with two uh, strong businesswomen um, for these events so trying to also going back to support the local community and the small businesses and vendors. Um, And then another thing we offer, well, we all offer wine club, uh, right? Every winery you go, they have their own features and benefits. Um, Our wine club started in November of last year. Again, we were pushed by the (laughs) businessman because we thought we were not ready and he was just like, let's just go. Okay, it's so, on the plan. Right. It's on plan. Let's just go. So we decided to launch the club and make it a small one. So it's good for 100 members. As of today, we have 79. Um, I believe, I know by names, and their pets and stuff, the 79 of them. <laughs> and these guys too. That's important. Um, because, you know, it, it you build a very strong relationship. It's a family. They come and support you, and um, they have, you know, be patient with us as we come with different ideas and stuff in, in terms of the wine club parties and here and there. And they, they see you, right? They see you uh, growing. Like, the first one was, let's give small charcuterie boxes for everyone. And the second one, well, let's upgrade to a little bit more. And till the last one that the owner was cooking pizzas for them. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's that's something um, that we also offer uniquely and the last thing I'm gonna say that we want to outstand ourselves from others is you, when you come here, you feel like home. You feel welcome. We are relaxed people. We chill, right? We love... Uh,
2: Especially after a few glasses. Of the room. Oh yes, uh-huh. of
0: course. <laughs> uh, so we welcome, of course, the sommeliers but we also welcome the explorers that know nothing about wine or that love slushies, right? And just come and hang out and feel like home. Um, and, and as I said, well, as we said, it's, it's family-friendly, pet-friendly, um, party-friendly, whatever you you want to come and do. So it's why. Yeah, I mean,
4: we get. Hikers coming off of Pilot Mountain, and you know they'll go hike Pilot Mountain in the morning, and as soon as it opens up, they'll be parked outside, just waiting to come in and have a quick glass or a beer and head back out. And
5: that's another thing. We also offer beer. Huh. We have partnership with Skull Camp, which is a local brewery uh, in Surrey County in Elkin, and uh, we carry at least four of their different beers regularly. And we rotate those. Which I'm thinking the Jacktoberfest is going to be coming up pretty quick. Uh, uh, zoo, yeah. Yes. Fest. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think we have Scout
3: visiting us. Though. Scout is oh, here. Yes. <laughs> I heard he was. there was a board meeting. <laughs> you audio remember bombing. his name? I didn't remember did. Scout's name. Yeah.
5: Yeah, that's huh. he's. Yeah.
0: He heard of the we even have neighbor
5: there. dogs. Pretty girl, that they mm-hmm. will come and greet. So we even have neighbor dogs that are vineyard dogs.
6: (laughs) One big family.
5: One big family, that's for sure. (laughs) And uh, you can rent the top of the tobacco cabin, the inside, and this a wraparound deck on three sides. You can rent that for a bridal party. We've had birthday parties, just, you know, private parties. And especially you book it a weekend that we have music, you got the whole, you know. Oh, perfect. The whole show.
6: Music and the food truck. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah,
2: it's definitely uh, quite the venue, and uh, it's just gorgeous
6: here, Thank you. and, and Thank it you. does feel like home.
2: Mm-hmm. It does feel like
3: home. So we're kind of winding down on the questions. So what would you want customers to know when they come visit Hidden Vineyard?
6: Well, we want them to know that all knowledge of, of uh, customers that come here are, are welcome. You know, we're not going to belittle those that know nothing about wine, you know, or we want to you know we've had sommeliers come here and enjoy our wines and critique it a little bit you know and i want that feedback sir so sure. even even the sharpest palates you know we welcome the feedback because we're always wanting to improve uh, but those that are our learners you know novices and you know this is the place for them as well you know that we will we will show them and explain to them about our wines and what to expect and and uh, so we're 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 really open to the wide variety of customers that want to come here?
0: Well, we want them to come and have a (laughs) fun time. Uh, Certainly something to remember. Um, One of us, at least, is here every weekend. Um, We have two staff members that um, have our same mentality and same uh, customer service excellence. So they're gonna be, as if one of us were just um, um, hosting you um, and then just you just said you know it's a gorgeous place um, when they come and they leave and they go back home and a week or a month or something after that they talk about all some experience they had and and had a good time
5: I just want people to come and see how good the vibe is here and when they talk to one of us for I think they can feel the passion, and I think that's important. That sure, they see yeah. that the that we are passionate about giving them uh, a good experience from the quality of the grapes to uh, just you know the community that happens here. So I must say, our first visit. I
2: mean, I did feel at home here, I, and, oh. and it was a. I I love the vibe. It was relaxed. It was laid back you guys took us out into the vineyard. We got to take a walk and down Pilot's Path and the wines. I was very impressed by the wines. I tasted. Um, but it, as you said, as you've we've talked about, it, it starts in the vineyard and, you know, tempting to have a name for every vine, you know. a <laughs> uh-huh. <This is laughs> Yes, he does. <Ralphie,
5: laughs> <you know. laughs>
2: so you definitely, babies, the, the vineyard is well taken care of. I got that sense and, and that's important because that's what's going to keep people coming back mm-hmm. because if you're Making quality, qual- having quality fruit coming out of that vineyard, you're gonna have quality wine. So, um, we're glad you. to be back and we Thank will you. continue to come back and we encourage everyone else that's listening to come visit as well. Um, so, maybe tell folks how to find you physically and virtually.
0: Okay, sorry, I need to spool myself. So, <laughs> physically, we are in uh, 125 Hidden Vines Lane, uh, right off 268 towards Pilot Mountain turn right on Copeland School uh, Road, and we're right across Copeland Elementary School. Um, social media, we are in Instagram, it's um, hashtag hidden low dash vineyard. Uh, Facebook, hidden vineyard. Website, hidden vineyard dash, hidden dash vineyard dot com, sorry. Um, Google, Yelp, we're there. Um,
2: TikTok, are you on TikTok no. yet? No.
0: So here I'm speaking the social media manager, and I, um, I was not a pro on this by any means when we started. So I wanted to be a pro on Instagram and Facebook, which is really hard. Because Just focus every on single day. Yeah. There's something new. Yeah. So I'm starting to get a little better on videos, and once I'm good at that, and I don't embarrass well, th- the those, team.
2: Those people that are on TikTok today aren't quite old enough to drink right. well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. potential <laughs> so wife them them members. About, yeah, that's there true. Five five years, yeah. Their parents. So you got a, few, got right. a little bit of
5: time. <laughs> yeah. to and
0: then the reels <laughs> so. and all that is like every time they come with something different. Yeah. I have, <laughs> it's, um,
2: it's hard to keep up. It's hard, hard to keep up. up. It's overwhelming. And
0: I don't want to embarrass them with my posts, so I want to get good at something and then. <laughs> start jumping
2: in the next one so right now instagram facebook yelp google um the website mm-hmm. well
0: when you figure out so, tiktok let us know yes
5: and that's in dobson uh, i think you did say that i'm sorry i just want to add that i really am proud of josh and claudia for our logo i think our logo is one of the it's coolest i think it's a it is, it is yeah. a very yeah. yeah we get compliments on our logo every day Yeah,
0: well, it's, thanks it's, to the one that made it. Yeah. yes
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> it's it's cool but it's 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 not like just simple it's simple yeah it's in not rooms. it's not yeah, yeah. Yeah. overly. Too. it's yeah. yeah and it captures
0: mm-hmm. you know we have VHB, people yeah. that um have said about our logo um in the tasting we include the video glass that you can take <clears> home, <throat> so it's crystal, little glass. And some people have said, "Well, I will, I will be proud of uh, setting this wine in my dinner table, right? Because it's not like
2: yeah,
0: uh, busy. It's a clean, mm-hmm. it's a very clean. So, so. Um, we're happy to have that response also from customers. They love it, and it's everywhere. You see,
7: <laughs> As it we put be. it
0: everywhere: hats, shirts, <laughs> um, you name it. Very cool."
2: So any final words for
5: our listeners? Thank you guys for coming.
6: Appreciate the time that you guys put forth mm-hmm. to get our name out there. And
5: promote all of North Carolina yeah. wine industry. Well, thank you.
6: Thank We're you. happy to be part of the community. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. Well, certainly those listening, come out, visit.
4: Yes. Uh, and you
2: are, you're guaranteed to have a good time and you're guaranteed to
4: have a good wine. Thank okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: That's it for this episode of Cork Talk. Thanks again to everyone at Hidden Vineyard. This was a fun episode to record, and you can tell that everyone at Hidden Vineyard is filled with passion. If you like
2: this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. It helps others find Cork Talk and lets us know how we can improve.
3: Did you know we have a Patreon page? You'll get patron-only content, early access to each show, and more when you sign up. You can find more information at patreon.com cork.
2: And don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NC Wine Guides. Until next time, and remember, Cork only talks when it's out of the bottle. Cheers. Cork Talk is a free run LLC production.
3: This episode was made possible in part by a grant from the North Carolina Wine and Grape Council.